Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the AEW Dynamite preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT Super. Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Havlin and Sidgwick to look ahead to AEW Dynamite tonight. And Sidge, this really is a TNT Championship match that neither man can afford to lose. Yes. Before I get onto that, very quickly, I was... I like to do a little bit of a... AEW thing on my Twitter. Mm. I like to get hyped for it. I like to analyze it a little bit. It's a little sort of a teaser for the pod. And just because I like to be in the mix. I like to be in the discourse when it's not horrendous. Yeah. I was trying to like say to myself, you know what? I'm quite looking forward to Jay White and come on. Then I'm thinking Tony Khan's a good matchmaker. He knows exactly what he's doing, particularly with debuting talent, to showcase them in a really cool way and to maximize their attributes. And Jay White is a counter wizard. His counters are so great. And Commander's got some of the coolest stuff you can counter. He's going to, like, just drag him off the ropes, basically doing this part of the preview first. <laughs> and I'm thinking, is my heart really in this take? Am I really white hot on the prospect of Jay White versus Commander? And I'm thinking, no, because all I can think about or all anyone can think or talk about is CM Punk collision. The, 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 the shadow never left, really. At times, I thought it had. Um, but realistically, and I'm not saying that this was to do, this was the um, the reason why the build to Revolution failed, because I thought that failed on its own terms, and CM Punk was kind of at this point just, oh, he's probably never coming back, and it's all a bit quiet. But every now and then it just resurfaces, and it's been eight months where for the vast majority of the time, through no fault of the storytelling in AEW, the mismanagement and the poor mm. ability to manage your roster and your company. But through no fault of the storylines, a lot of the time, it's just so hard to earnestly invest in the fiction. And that is really starting to piss me off and affect my enjoyment of AEW Dynamite, no matter how good it's been at times. As for Hobbs Wardlow, why? 
I don't want either man to lose. I don't want one person to win in particular, but neither can afford to take this loss, mm. which makes me think, is it going to be QT screwing Wardlow? It's far too early to take the title off Hobbs because realistically he never got a chance to become a really good TNT champion away from the chronically awful trappings of QTV, which everyone in the, who isn't in the business knew, <laughs> despite never being in the business, that it was going to fail and it was not going to be a good idea. Lo and behold, the whole thing has sucked. So I don't want Hobbs to not be able to just be the champion because this is no fault of his own. He's just been trapped by something bad, held down, weighed down by something bad. And Jesus Christ... You can't beat Wardlow, even with the interference of QTV and the QTV crew. And what if Wardlow gets his revenge on QT Marshall after the fact? Cool, is <laughs> it? Not really. That's You had, this time last year, this time last year you had the next main eventer in yeah. AEW in waiting. Him killing the security guards and that, that feud with MGF was incredible. It was so good. Obviously lost and made everything else that followed, but the actual televised feud between MJF and Wardlow was amazing. If you told me back then, oh, it's all pretty much going to lead to Wardlow getting his big next moment against uh, QT Marshall, you'd think, what? I don't want him to win either. Mm. It's cursed around his waist, that TNT title. It'll feel like, well, how are they going to get up again? It's the WWE thing. It's a WWE thing of, for about what, realistically, a decade of, oh, they're going to push them, are they? Well, it's not going to work. It's this. So that it's clearly nothing good can come of this because it's this. And Wardlow with that TNT title, what's going to happen? No one's going to be interested. You could, you could do the best Wardlow match on paper the week after, and you think we'll find some way to mess this up. It will be impossible to believe in. And the quality of this match is going to suffer because... The best version of it is really cool, and they should have done it last year, and they didn't. The best version, the best version of this match is really cool. I will always be on the lookout when watching this tonight of some really carny. Let's just take any kind of weight or importance or meaning behind this and carny it up and air quotes protect someone out of this. I don't think the match will be good. I think if it is good, it'll be constantly threatened by the finish, which will inevitably be bad. And if it's not bad, it's going to not be good at the same time. Yeah, I can't add too much more to that. Wardlow took out Aaron Solo last week, so you could well see them having Hobbs win, but then by having Wardlow take out QT after the match, them trying to sell this as, and then Hobbs goes off on his own for a bit, as a, well, Wardlow couldn't get a TNT title back, but I think that might be the last we see of the QTV crew for a while, all that sort of thing. That is, it's not as bad because the babyface just isn't as hot in Wardlow. But you remember Eddie Kingston putting Chris Jericho through the table and then trying to tell you that was a make good when it very clearly wasn't mm -hmm. after the match was crap anyway. But even if the match was perfect, that was still going to be a way that Eddie Kingston gets out of it. It would. That's what it feels like. It feels like somebody getting out of it, ultimately. I didn't want this match now. I don't know when I wanted it, but I wanted Wardlow to have to get back to this point, like fall in love with him again so that by the time you arrive at this match, Hobbs has had a run, you really feel something for Wardlow again and the stakes feel high. This is the opposite of all of those things individually. So I, I, it's really confusing. I just, I can't believe they went back to Hobbs and Wardlow as a feud. This was an opportunity to have Wardlow have to really think about things and start again. The old way, 
the AWEs to preserve titles was to make fallen challengers, fallen champions have to go right back to the drawing board, assess everything, look at the bigger picture, find what was missing the last time, fix it, like restart the journey to the pinnacle. And they've kind of abandoned that philosophy across the board. But it's you can get away with it with some talents, but it was why it was such an effective method because it would help the talents that were newer and it would help them absorb losses. Wardlow doesn't feel like he's absorbed this loss to return to this point. Yeah, I, I agree with both. I think we all agree that Powerhouse Hobbs retains. Through a terrible North American carny finish. He has, to, he be, has to retain. So is this going to be Wardlow failing upwards? Like his history with MJF, it makes it a very easy title match to, to establish. You'll alive by this version of MJF. Well, I did wonder if um, he was... Remember when we talked about this, is this going to be the thing that... Like, this constantly is going to drive him back into MJF's arms. Like, Wardlow being the guy who helped MJF beat a the waste fellow. of time. That entire history of his AEW career would have been. Yeah, well... If that happens. But I think, like, if MJF needs help against the Pillars... Wardlow's a guy to do it, and a secret deal has been made. Wardlow's at his rock bottom, and MJF spotted that weakness and was like, want to come back with me? And maybe you just do it. Maybe you just start that again. Everything between now and 2019, a waste of time. I know, but does it not give Wardlow a chance again? I'm not saying that you do. I don't know what else you do. Yeah, that's it. I don't know where he fits on the roster other than us being just devastated for him. That he's had to go back to the only, the only belt you're fit to carry is the one I used to hit Cody Rhodes in the back with. So we're already doing the lines for a story that's more interesting for him than the one he's in now. Uh, we've got Jericho confronting Adam Cole on tonight's show. There's been a sort of mirroring in recent weeks, and we'll talk about the whole Keith Lee swerve situation in a second, following on from last week's main event uh, of the little look over the shoulder. <coughs> he obviously had the Jericho one when uh, Cole re re-debuted and, and defeated Garcia. And then last week, of course, when Cole uh, embodied his character as manager of Keith Lee temporarily. Um, how do you see this one going down? Can I just shock you? I quite like all this. Like, I think Cedric was the first to say it. I put him over for that, that the Cole-Jericho match would probably deliver. And I don't know if the more I've thought about that, I agree. And it's thus allowed me to feel invested in the story. But I Jericho fumed, as we knew we would. Somebody does the thing that he does, and then he doesn't realise that he does it too and thus gets really angry. That's a recurring Jericho bit. I thought it was quite a cute way to take the piss out of WWE a little bit. There are ways, there are good and bad versions of everything, and yeah. sometimes the WWE stuff's a bit heavy-handed. This wasn't, this very much wasn't. This was a niche moment for the people that appreciated it and something that exists on camera for those that don't. So I think this has been really well executed so far, and I have no fear about Adam Cole's status. When Luke, he was going to beat Jericho, but unlike Starks, and Kingston, and the countless others. I have no fear about the aftermath of Adam Cole and Chris Jericho for Adam Cole, and I think that's allowing me to just enjoy this a lot more. I didn't until I realised, or it was, it was reported, that he's going to work punk. <laughs> yeah. And now he kind of needs that win, does uh, he not? Well, theoretically, but Cole is fi- Cole's not a Starks. Yeah. He's not like, oh, how, how does Cole recover from this? Yeah, like, he's cool. He's cool. fine. Yeah. No, I really quite like the way they've handled this. It Jericho going understated and, like, really trying to put over Cole at the same time is the absolute way to do this because Adam Cole is so nice to begin with that one of the flaws of his heel act was that he was just so warm and nice as a human being that it was kind of difficult for any character to really get across that they hated him because he's he's Adam Cole. Mm. He's just nice. So I think they've approached this very, very intelligently where who could possibly have a problem with bloody Adam Cole? Of course, that dickhead Chris Jericho. <laughs> but he's not over-egged his part. Mm. He's not laid it on too thick. 
He's just his stupid, horrible ego who has to be the center of attention the whole time couldn't sanction the fact that one person got his one moment when it was like more richly deserved than anything you've seen in recent times. So for Jericho to have been affronted by that, it's very, very Jericho. I believe in all of this. I think it's been really, really well done. And yeah, there's no need to accelerate to grudge food status yet because we know how AEW booked. It was we know six that. weeks or yeah, so. Yeah, we've got ages. Yeah. So I expect a lot more simmering tension executed very well here. Yeah, I, I think I, I agree with both of you. I'm surprisingly really looking forward to this as well. Uh, I think, yeah, there's, there's so much potential here from Adam Cole further sort of stirring the pot with the old Guevara Garcia. You know, you two don't need to be under his wing, don't you, sort of thing, and maybe more little glances and looks and what have you. And I can't decide which of the two ways I want Jericho to go when he's talking to Adam Cole, whether he says, Adam Cole... You're just a fancy entrance, right? Because uh, he's the, he's the Judas yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Or he goes the opposite Ooh. way and goes, you and I are kind of the last guys to, uh, you know, make Say a big, baby. Big, big, wrestling, <laughs> big wrestling entrance. Yeah. They'll mention that. Yeah. That'll be law. But I think Adam Cole should be the person to say, like, my shtick was heavily inspired by you. So I don't know why you're being such a knob, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, yeah, as I said, this was uh, set up by the events of last week. Is Keith Lee going to be out for revenge tonight? Me? Uh, sorry. Still my moment. You did all this. You steal moments. That's a pattern with you, isn't it, Cole? Because you stole my catchphrase. Because that's kind of what Adam Cole did. Adam Cole's admitted this yeah, on yeah, Thomas yeah. Jericho. He, like, he just thought Bebe was the funniest thing. Like, come on, Bebe, mm-hmm. with a pin. Sorry, what were you talking about? Uh, Keith Lee being out for revenge following last week's events with Swerve Strickland, who had a... Really enjoyable match with Darby Allen, I should say. Yeah, he did. And it's yet another weird thing from Tony Khan where something similar happened with um, Darby Allen and Joe before Joe and Wardlow. I was like, oh, why do you do something cooler for free and ask <laughs> me to invest in the big match and pay for it? Like, Swerve Darby Allen, if Keith Lee Swerve can be as good as that, great. But I doubt it. I don't know. Like, why would you have such a dynamic match between Swerve and somebody else to build to a match with Swerve in this version of Keith Lee? You only It only underscores how old and ironically, and I hate wordplay, I'm sorry, but limited Keith Lee is looking at this stage of his career. I don't think you can legislate for that. Um, but this feud feels so ancient and cold and they just have missed the peak mm. by... Miles and miles. Keith Lee did not look good really at all last week. So this is another AEW story that I can't really invest in. It's just, it's peaked. They didn't do the blow-off when they should have done the blow-off. Swerve's character has suffered in the interim with the um, terrible mogul affiliates idea. I need something big to give a toss for this tonight. Like something pretty big and major. Did you get the chance to see last week's main event? What did you make of oh, it? So? Uh, Jericho and Keith Lee. It was rubbish. It was it was like Cedric called it. We were talking about this in the office. Bad matchmaking. Um, it was in hindsight, but I just think it was like a misfire from Chris Jericho, a misfire from Keith Lee. The type of difficult matchmaking, but the type of thing where like Jericho's experience, especially, and Keith Lee's ability should have produced something better. They, I think they got the type of match wrong as well. I don't I think, think they could do a good one in retrospect. I was high on the prospect. I just thought it was weird that these two were interacting. You don't really see yeah. stars 
big stars and different feuds do this. So I did enjoy it, but my God, you can have a great Chris Jericho match in 2023. I think, particularly in a tag, you can have a great Keith Lee match in 2023. I don't think there's such a thing as a great Keith Lee versus Chris Jericho match in 2023. They just simply... It's like putting Sting in a singles match with, I don't know, someone good but not helpful, if mm. that makes any sense. Like, there's just bad match. I don't think there's a good version of that match. I... I I've, this, I've got the same reservations on Swerve and Keith Lee as well. They've missed the boat with this so many times. So this was really hot when the team first split up. And then do you remember how they like tried to make it Final right? Final battle. Yeah, they like tried to sort of make it right. And then you had the turn again. So this is the real quiz. And then fair enough, like I don't know about Keith Lee's health, but the write-off was needed with the, the breeze block on the head or whatever. But then he was gone so long that... The heat died definitively. It was already like, you know, and then it finally died. What and was then, Dustin Rhodes doing? Yeah, and then Keith Lee comes back, makes his big return. It's like, right, well, it has to be now. Then, like, he comes back whenever he comes back. It's like, it should be on the next dynamite. Yeah. Let's do this right now because you might have just recaptured lightning in the bottle. Lame tag match, and it's like, oh, was that tag match so rubbish that Tony Khan's lost interest? And we're not getting the. So we all start mentally accepting that we're not getting this payoff at all. And then the feud goes away and it returns here. And it's like, right, okay, it's returned here. Like next week on Dynamite, then instead, and then you read the reports that it's probably going to double or nothing. Yeah, so it's an, like every single time they feel like they've missed time. This there are so many AEW feuds where if you look back, you just think, get it over with. It takes too long, too often. Does Tony Khan? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's talk Jay White and Commander then. Um, we've sort of half previewed it. Uh, obvious win for Jay White, this. Yes, I really like this match because it's weird. The win-loss, the obvious winner, obvious loser thing is in play. But I think this is a tremendous version. It's Cedric's already touched on what it is about their specific chemistry that should be so fun. And that impresses me in terms of this matchmaking because it's just an odd pairing on paper. It's just an odd graphic. And that I like odd reminders that AEW is this strange destination where anybody can turn up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay White is here. And six weeks ago, 
Jay White versus Commander. What? And now it's just a part <coughs> of American television because that's what AEW proffers. Um, but it's like Sidgwick looking under the hood makes you realise that this makes all the sense in the world despite what the graphic may first appear. So not really much to add, but I, I love that it's still happening. I love that AEW is still this. Me too. Me too. I think this match will be class mm. for all the reasons I've said it will be. <laughs> um, clean win as well. Like Jay White, we see so much interference in AEW to the point where it's excessive in and of itself. Jay White, I want to take him seriously as someone who can main event pay-per-views. Mm. That's how I want to see Jay White. I think that's Jay White's ceiling, certainly. And not against Juice Robinson helping him beat him up afterwards, but I want a nice, clean, yes. this is a superstar in waiting, emphatic, undisputed victory here. Gold gear for Jay White as part of Bullet Club Gold. There should be. Like, let's have the like. Remember, I'll say this right for Bullet Club Gold. It's taken it's taken its criticism over last week as it should. It's kind of stupid and lame. But remember the pop when the Bullet Club music hit and yeah. people thought Jay White was coming <laughs> yeah. before it was Robinson. So there, that was the realization of whatever Bullet Club's value is was on that night. So I would like that. Like let's see what. But let's give like Bullet Club Gold a chance aesthetically and the music is a pop in the building that kind of thing. And maybe there's a. Tag match with Bullet Club. Like, I don't want Jay White to become a tag wrestler. I think it grossly undervalues. And it, like, kind of makes you look a bit silly for paying all the money to get him to then just lump him in a tag team. But Jay White and Juice Robinson versus Ricky Starks and Commander isn't the worst thing. Is there a, another member to arrive of Bullet Club Gold and then you do a trios with, I don't know, freaking Action Andre, who was Ricky oh, Starks and friends at this point? I don't know. But, like, can Starks... You, can you have a... Bang, bang, gang, if it's only two people. This is it. Starks and White is the match, and probably the match at double or nothing. Yes. But this will at least show you a tag match, and maybe there's a trios match as well. Uh, I've sort of lumped them into one on my notes here, Sige, but they're two very different things. Tonight we hear from FTR. Oh, yeah, and we hear from the Elite as well. Yeah, don't draw a connection between that. <laughs> Do not draw a connection between that. It's one of those, like... Uh, like the Vince losing power thing, if it happens, it'll happen. Don't ever think it's going to happen because it isn't. It will at some point have to happen through death, incapacity, or whatever, but just don't, you know, get excited. I, <laughs> um, FTR, today's not the day to bury Dax Harwood. It just isn't mm. with the news. Um, happily done it before. I will happily do it again. Um... People might not know that, just in case it's not serious. Like, oh, yeah, he's, yeah. he's ending his podcast because they've come to the realisation that it's drawing too much heat from fans and the locker room alike. Um, it touches on anxiety in it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it does. And, you know, I'm not saying that's necessarily an excuse to being, you know, oh, come on, I've got anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Um, Aye, not the date of very FTR or do my bit. It's just a bit. Yeah. Never at him or anything like that, Jesus mm. Christ. Double vanity search. Um, basically, I am interested in FTR on television, immensely so because they are absolutely phenomenal and they're in great form and they're back and it should be a cause for celebration. Now that the podcast is out the way and you're going to see more of them on TV, it should be great. What does this tag team division really look like? Because mm. I'm thinking, right, who is it for double or nothing? They are teasing something. Forbidden Door with Aussie Open before the match with Best Friends happened, which was stupid. The numbers that match yeah. did, by the way. It's because of the NBA league. Yeah, but still, still count it. That's, uh, that was the number. Yeah. So it's Aussie Jericho Open. That rampage. Aussie Open at Forbidden Door. So what's a double or nothing? And then you look 
into the tag team picture, and you see not just little. I see nothing. <laughs> I see nothing. Elite, uh, the Young Bucks are occupied mm-hmm. with the BCC. It isn't going to be them. And given that there's a hard brand split, you're probably never getting FDR Bucks 3 for the foreseeable <laughs> future, which is another terrible... Apart from the one night of the year where all AW brands come together. Like there's a new paper you called Shoot Forbidden Door. Yeah, where yeah, they yeah. actually have the matches. <laughs> so it's not the Forbidden Young door Bucks. that hit Larry on the head. It is not the Young Bucks. It is not... Um, Can't be the acclaimed or the JS lot, because yeah. that's its own thing. The co- yeah, the could... That seems Triple TV fan. level to me. Oh, the love of bloody three-way. just diving on that feud. The love like, of bloody three-way. So you three two way. tag teams having great big fights. Maybe you want to fight for some bales. <laughs> Not the day. <laughs> but it is the day. So it could be one of the... Uh, well, realistically, as much as I love 2.0, 3.0, or whatever, it's not going to be there on a pay-per-view. Could run back the acclaimed. They want to be busy running around with sports entertainers. Good. Yeah, I like Once that. Once you've finished running around with some sports entertainers... When you and finish running with scissors, why don't you walk with men? Yeah. Once you finish with the sports entertainers, where it's a couple of old wrestlers. Once you're done with the sports entertainers, go on, some wrestlers. You prove yourself, you're wrestlers. You know who else is wrestlers? Us. Let's run it back. Beyond that, honestly, this ROH thing's a bad idea because for so many reasons, particularly with Collision incoming. Now that the Lucha Bros are the ROH World Tag Team Champion. Yeah and the kingdom are in that mix, they've been tainted by that brand where I think, right, you're lesser. You're lesser than AEW. And I look at the teams that were in that uh, Reach for the Sky ladder match and think, you've got the ROH stink a little bit. I can't take you seriously as AEW-worthy tag team title contenders at a pay-per-view. So it's not the Lucha Bros. It's not the kingdom. Who is it? I got a shout for you. I've got a shout as well. Go on, Wilbur. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, three, two, one, then go. Okay, three, two, one. Chris the Hardy Cage. Boys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we want to make tag team history with some tag team history makers. Busy in the Hardy compound stuff, mate. That's going on the plate. Yeah, and I'm taking the piss. It'd be awful. Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. Good. Yes. Yes. Was the was the whole? See your line. I just. Oh, sorry. I, 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 I just call me butter, baby. I'm on a roll. Yeah, thank you. Sorry. The Luchasaurus deal, Christian. In the, in the it, cur- it's awesome. The corrupted room. Do you yeah, love the aesthetic in. of that? Yeah. So he went away with the Luchasaurus, and there was like a lawsuit going on that he couldn't wear his dinosaur head. So it's like I'm going to get a newer and better dinosaur head. Shove it up your ass. And he's always like a robot dinosaur head. That's, mm. that's who he is, and he's like monster. I'll take that. Yeah. It's thank be, you. Yeah. Saved. F- uh, what about the elite then? We've talked about FDR. At some point, Paige and Omega are coming together, and that's the story. I don't know whether it's going to be as like actual friends or, well, we're bloody after you now. There's four of them, and you're better than Nakazawa and all that. It's going to be more heartfelt than that, but maybe not all the way. So I'm just fascinated as to how this happens. I think they're going to be in the ring, there'll be a BCC component, interference, whatever. Um, interruption. Um, but it's how do Paige and Omega come together? And I've been going through my brain for the law and what can bring them together. Um, I don't know what it is, but I'm very much looking forward to it as a massive elite nerd. What has AEW done super effectively in the past with one of the characters in this storyline right now? 
They've used the law and the imagery of eye for an eye. Yes. Hangman Page should come out with the eye patch this time. How He's much wearing it on BTE. Is he? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. So, like, oh my God. live crowd, Hangman Page with an eye patch. John Moxley, of all people, mocks how stupid he looks in it or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. And Kenny Omega, like, lays down a lot, eye for an eye. And he takes one of the heels' eyes, and they're, like, also damaged for uh, Anarchy in the Arena 2. Yes. Double nothing. So you've got one of the BCC and an eye patch. Willie Yuta. Yuta versus Kenny, I need to see that. I think yes. that's the one they'll go with because they're not going to... They do eye stuff. I don't know, they could just do Brian and Kenny. Do it. They could do Kenny and Mox again because that's cute because it's that's the kind of thing that feels TV-sized at this point. Because but that's I'm, amazing. Yeah, like, uh, that go around on pay-per-view. And I'm telling you now, I liked the Kenny and Mox matches more than most, but a lot of people thought that there were only really, really good and not great. Never as good as the builds, I think, those matches. I think this version of Mox and this version of Kenny could do, like, I think they could kind of blow away what they've done in the past. Does a V-trigger to his eye. Because you've got the rehabilitated, reinvented, back-to-God mode Kenny in AEW, and you've got Mox, who's basically became the greatest version of himself and discovered his own style the second that Kenny Omega dropped the title and went away injured. Kenny Omega pins John Moxley clean. Never been able to do that before. With the bookshot lariat as a shout out to Hangman and a dig at CM Punk. Nice. I mean, yeah. Oh my God. Because he was using the Bushies moves in the tag matches. Yeah. yeah. But now he's kind of understood what the young books are saying. It's like, we're better with Paige and without for this big war. So he's finally shouting out Paige. Like um, Someone fantasy booked inadvertently doing the old V trigger bookshot combo. When they're just each going for the V trigger, oh the yeah, uh-huh. and then they're like, they're, so they, it's Yuta. That it's wasn't a, me, by the way. That was somebody else. Yuta crumbles. I'm not a plagiarist. Yuta crumbled on impact, and then they see each other, and as if they didn't see each other from the opposite side, yeah, of the yeah. ring, and they're <laughs> left staring at each other. You, that was good. Though, wasn't yeah. I wasn't easy to do that. Point at each other. Uh, speaking of uh, six mans, sort of. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, the elite were th- th- threesome right now. I don't have to do that. I, I've got also on Dynamite tonight. Yeah, I think a good point. The acclaimed and Daddy Ass versus Daddy Magic, Cool Hand Ange, and Jake Hager. I was really enjoying the acclaimed versus 3.0. And Jake Hager can't fall. <laughs> See what happened on Rampage? And again, Hager, with more than one person in the ring, is good. Yes, the Hager yeah, formula. The, the thing. It was Rampage where they were cutting the titties off? Yeah, I tried to cut Daddy Magic's nipples off. It's a cute bit, that. It's good. But when you introduce real scissors into the acclaimed law, it doesn't work, does it? No, like it's stupid. Yeah. It's stupid, but I don't mind it. This will be fun. This is the sort of thing I'll probably watch and go, mm. not that bothered. Who wins? Yeah, that's the issue, isn't it? Yeah, I don't where's, care where's any of this going? Daddy has to get the pin, though, isn't he? It's very lightweight. Yeah. That's what makes me think the acclaimed and FTR mm. might be their move, because... Kind of got to finish with it. This none of this should be making it to double or nothing, realistically. And then you've got the acclaim that are free, so that would that would be an FTR match. You know, I've just realised it might just be. I want that as well. But um, seen FTR's new entrance. No. They're coming out in the smoke and the the ambient light. It looks okay. very like eighties yeah. uh, heavy metal phantom phantasmagoria. But I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> the exact same thing as Christian Cage and bloody. Ah. So maybe they're trying to visually tie them together so that it makes sense. CM Punk, go away, I'll come back. I'll get off the pot because I just need to earnestly like AEW's fiction again. Phil Brooks is making it so bloody hard. I think Daddy Ass jumps to the JS tonight. 
J-A-S. There you go. J-A-S. J-A-S. Broken him. Let's bring him back into it because there's a tasty match tonight, Sige. Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker teaming up to take on the outcast represented here by Ruby Soho and Tony Storm. It'll be loud. I've got a fantasy booking idea for this. Go on. It's about bloody time as well, well after time, that this outcasts thing needs to expand because there are more than enough people you can slot into the homegrown side. Britt Baker has had all of her fun in Pittsburgh. I would happily watch an annual Pittsburgh Dynamite and have Baker go over and it'd be noisy and cool yeah, and the towel a star thing. and the towel and it's oh, yeah, great. The towel, towel stuff. I think that it's about time we saw some real heat that doesn't have to just emanate from that stupid locker room full of babies. <laughs> Thunder Rosa comes out and kicks Britt Baker's ass in <gasps> Pittsburgh. Yeah. Gets the towel, like... Does a pitiful pretend, eh, wipes her ass with it and throws it. In yeah, the yeah. And she's part of the uh, of the outcasts, and she can kind of credibly say, "I was outcast from that locker room that Britt Baker ran." Snatches a the towel from a fan and then sprays it with the green because they're yellow towels, and they just sprays yeah, the green all over. It. And make a, it's a flag. It's an outcast flag. What does yellow and green make? Turquoise. That's uh, blue and yellow. yellow what? I don't know. Yellow and green's kind of like blue and green. Like, like, yellow and green's like snot and sick. Yeah. Villain stuff. Real heat. Yeah. Like, I like that, yeah. They've established it, so it wouldn't scan as look at the... You get some knobhead on Twitter going... <laughs> Thought they... <laughs> Thought they... <laughs> please, please, like, what would... How would you type that on Twitter? What were the letters? I don't know. Because that's a great noise. <laughs> N's and F's and C's I thought the like people in the hometown in AEW? Well, they have for three years, and now oh, the reason why you established that for three years is A, to be bloody nice, B, to get a bloody home market sorted out, and C, to <laughs> really, to get something like this over, because you wouldn't expect yeah. it, and it'd be really effective. The, hmm, emoji. They're like, huh, I thought they, huh. <laughs> It's that mixed with the sideways, <laughs> talking about, like, <laughs> Alistair Green face. Not just a cry laugh emoji, cry laugh emoji rotated, like, 45 degrees. Sideways cry laugh emoji. Yeah, it's okay! <laughs> I'm laughing this much. <laughs> you stupid fucker. That's making my neck turn. Uh, so who wins? <laughs> Hater and Baker to set up the the arrival of Thunder Rose. Thunder Rose is doing commentary stuff, isn't she? So it's she not keeps saying that she remains injured, but maybe she's a wrestler. She's probably working. I think the heel, as well as that, like why not? I think the heels win. And oh, the heels win, okay. Yeah, I think the heels win, and um, maybe let's. I think. Is it? Can you be bold enough to pin Jamie Hayter here? Uh, you can have Britt Baker inadvertently let Jamie Hayter down a little bit. She hasn't had a pinfall yet, I don't think. Yeah, and it's about time to do that. Uh, cast out over one last TV singles match before the pay per view. Mm-hmm. Triple H could have saved Batista, but yeah, you see Britt Baker like, oh, she could have made it the same and didn't. God, sorry. Yeah. And then she gets beat down anyway, so you delay that again for a bit. All that's coming after blood and guts. So mm. yeah. Well, one final thing left to do then. Don't punch down anymore. Neither can she, because she can't do a work punch. But neither do I. Neither do I. That's Tamina. Uh, Sige, before we get to the uh, name of the That's game, what's the aim of the game? The aim of the game is to identify to the hour, minute, and second the first time you hear the first note of the first women's entrance theme to underscore, italicize, put in bold, just how much of an afterthought this is. 
This women's division is a total afterthought. Yeah, it's 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 so redundant. It's the same every single week. Yeah, this we've worked out. I mean, Sage described it as the board of planning out the show. The whiteboard has a a thing that you can flip, and it either it says outcast stuff or Jay Cargill squash. <laughs> yeah, but now it, the alternative like, is oh. like outcast stuff slash homegrown stuff. Turn it over, and it says Jay Cargill slash Ty Valkyrie. That like Ty Valkyrie having like a really physical match. So much better than like a contract dispute about the use of a move, isn't it? Yeah. Like the wrestling company shouldn't need to have to be told that. I found that so striking. Like I watched that Ty Valkyrie match. I was like, there she is, super physical, a threat to Jade Cargill. You can't use your finisher because Smart Mark Sterling needs a fing payday again. Like the I, I, I couldn't believe I know, there it is in front of you. Like well, that that's sorry, that's the uh the aim of the game, Sage. But what's the name of the game? Well, the name of the game is well this is Larry Nane. I'm thinking of what a name. <laughs> Shout out, as always, uh, to the guys. The Oh What A Night is almost becoming, Oh What A Night, at this point. It's like, you've got almost two songs in the go. Oh What A Night. <laughs> oh my heart, oh my Twitter likes. Late October, it's on TNT. This f***ing wrestling just isn't for me. It's Kenny Omega Medley. <laughs> Where the f*** is the f- Referee <laughs> can't control this trio's ball. <laughs> I'm trying to work out. Oh, here comes Manscow. <laughs> oh, here she comes. Watch out, boy. She's a Jezebel. <laughs> well, hopefully, what I want you got. Through um, the, the way this show is going to be laid out, I'll go first because I won. The, it was just just for fun. Oh, I should give a shout out, of course, to the guys behind the um, data. Thank you, the brilliant uh, Adam Blair at Adam Wilson Four. This is the last segment of the preview. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and Jose Palomares at the Ho Eleven, who I got to hang out with in Los Angeles, which was wonderful. We talked about this by the time it's WrestleMania Forty Five. No, I just want to. You were it's the first time you've had it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a nice shout out. Um, talked about it in real life. Uh, one hour. Tw- wait there, wait there. I haven't written your name down on my, on my drafts. Wellborn? Who the hell's that? <laughs> a predictive text. One hour, 20 minutes. What's the main event going to be? Yeah, this dynamite's freak shit. You just got, nothing's really very good, is it? So you're like, what's, what's going on later? Uh, one twenty. Four. What? 124? Yeah. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get it spelled 420. It doesn't work now. So it doesn't matter. I'll just go with that. 124.20. you idiot. 124.20. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. 120.42 then. No. 120. 420. 124.20. That's not time. One, one hour... 24 minutes and 20 seconds. 124.20. Okay. 
I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm on twenty four twenty. Hamlet, what's your guess? <laughs> They're going to do one of them weird. You know when they do those weird first hour twists these days, every now and then for no good reason. Wait a minute, the first yeah, hour. Yeah, it's blowing my mind. Uh, I got forty minutes dead. Uh, Sige, how do you uh, see this show playing out, and what's your time? Uh, two seconds, right down this first. Uh, dead. Oh, the crowd will be yeah. Oh, so it's big. It's big. It's big. We got towels. Oh yeah, towels. Hey. Yeah, um, what, what's even on the show again? So we got JY oh, no, Commander. JY Commander. I think. Um, Bowman's gonna wake nine. Some fat guy in a flash of light. Bring the bow down my. Wednesday night, you know what that means. Excalibur, you son of a bitch. You were taking notes the whole goddamn town. No one told me that you were my, you were my replacement, Excalibur. The man in the mask. Oh, God, we have to pretend that I'm going to f*** you now, just like William Regal did. <laughs> Is that how you get over in the goddamn business? If I want to f*** someone, I'll tell you I want to f*** on Twitter, goddammit. Go through my likes, you can see them all. <laughs> Doctor, we'll see you now. Oh, Whoa, Jim! Remix now. Jamie Hayter's music. No hours. Darren told me you can make a lot of money pretending to have sex with a man in a mask. Oh, one minute. No, no minutes. And 29. No. <laughs> 14 seconds. 14 seconds. 14 seconds. 14 seconds. I have to do it at some point. I, I like do. that. Yeah. I hope that happens now. But I'm not getting good odds on this, so I don't know why I'm doing it, but it has to happen at some point. Yeah, could it main event? The world one would win, but could this main event? It's Britt Baker in Pittsburgh. Yeah, but like... First time that Britt and Jamie have fought the outcasts. Yeah. No. Good, good one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> you watched this show before. <laughs> I know it's, it's been a few time. weeks. Yeah, come on. Anyway, let us know your thoughts ahead of tonight's Dynamite on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch that you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE and make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, for daily wrestling podcasts, our NXT review, which was spectacular, as always, uh, is available. Best wrestling show of the week. Um, is available right now. Uh, and if you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, our review of this show will drop into your feed tomorrow as soon as it is released. But for now, this has been the AW Dynamite Preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. 
And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.